You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Oh man, good to see you guys again. Welcome online. If I haven't got a chance to meet any of you guys, my name is Chasen Callahan and uh, one of the pastors here. Some of you are probably like, why does he have a guitar? We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, man, I, I, I want to apologize first and foremost. Um, if you look over here, we have our student section right here. Yeah. And uh, every year we do, uh, we do a camp called Camping on Campus. And so we've, I've been with them pretty much that whole time and uh, we're a little tired, right? And so then you throw in graduation and you've watched these kids grow up. And then you throw in that I have a teenager too that's coming, right? I'm a ball full of emotions. Let's just get it out there, okay? We're ball full of emotions, and you're probably gonna hear me cry, and that's okay today. So, but um, we've been in a series called Just a Phase, and um, man, it's been a great series. This is the second time we've done that series here. Um, and me and my wife, we sort of started it off uh, about three weeks ago. And the whole premise of this series is time matters. Time over time is what we're looking for. That's the secret sauce, is time over time. My wife, on Mother's Day, she uh, was able to give a message that was just so good. It, it, has, it stays in my head about the Her- Hercules syndrome, you know? And it's okay for us to show our scars. Jesus showed his scars, and he changed the world by doing so. And sometimes, it's good for people to see our scars, All the time, I feel like it's good for us as parents to show our scars, show our scars, because it could change their life. And then last week, Eddie was very vulnerable with us, and he did an incredible job, Um, and he talked about how God doesn't necessarily desire perfection, but his desire for us is availability, being available. He's not looking for a a picture-perfect family. He's He's looking for broken people to use and to be a part of the movement of God. And so today, we're going to finish this idea of it's just a phase, don't miss it, with the conversation um, about what do you do when you transition from one phase to another? Whether you're a parent or whether you are any of that, like, right, a parent or you are single and all, you know, all the things that come with singles, right? Every one of us is going to go through a phase. Every single one of us. And so um, I thought today we would just have a conversation about that and, and talk a little bit. And um, here, here's the thing. I was thinking about teenagers, and I, as I was doing this message, I'm like, man, teenager. I've been working with kids and students for many, many years, and every single time I end up saying, oh, bless their heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah? Like, oh, bless their heart. And, and some of it is because you did things, right? And you don't want those teenagers to do the same things. And you're just like, oh, bless your heart. You're about to experience something that you're, oh, that's not going to be good, right? And then I'm in, me and my wife are in the second year of having a teenager. And a lot of times I look at my wife and I go, bless our hearts. You know, like it's coming, it's coming. So um, backstage, my wife was like, hey, we have $200 gift cards to give to some teenagers, so let's just randomly pick names out of the bucket for graduates. Maybe that'll help, right? 
And so we got two teenagers, uh, Cannon Howard and Emma King. Are you still in this place? If you are, come up here and get your $100 gift card while everybody goes crazy. Look at this. Now, this is to help you. Don't be like going and buying PlayStation's junk and makeup. I don't, what do you, I, makeup, is that what you buy? Sure. Okay, great, great, great. Come on, give them a round of applause. Congrats. Yeah. Teenagers, bless your hearts. Okay, here we go. Uh, but there's a guy that, uh, he's a comedian and he's a singer-songwriter in Nashville named Andy Gullihorn. And I was introduced to him and his awesome writing and... I realized quickly that he had some of the same ideas about teenagers that I did. And um, so I, I just wanted to start off today's message. Normal pastors don't do this, I don't think. <laughs> but I just want to just have a little moment with you. Can I do that? Everybody go. <sighs> yeah. Oh. It's just. Oh, do you, feel, do you feel the mood changing? I do. Oh, would that chord change? Yeah, that's good. All right. All right, so if, you, if I say something and you can relate, I want you to, to, to yell. I want you to laugh. I want you to have fun with this. Teenagers, bless your heart. Here we go. <laughs> if everything has two sides, I guess there is a downside to only seeing the bright side of life. Because if you are not grounded, your head's in the clouds and you lose sight of what's real and what's right so we need some kind of equalizing force to take us down when we get on our high horse so we have teenagers anybody relate Teenagers <laughs> Okay They'll expose you as a fool Like it's their mission to Oh, teenagers Teenagers I know it feels personal That's because it is glad I'm not alone. Okay, that's good. Who else could protect us from having fun in public, from wearing things that might be out of style? And who else could remind us that our best years are behind us? We're not getting any younger. We're dying. When they're not eating, they're just trying to Sometimes it's hard to beat yourself up by yourself So we have teenagers Teenagers When we want them gone, they're here When we don't, they disappear Oh, teenagers Teenagers You might think they're being selfish (laughs) 
course the ones I had are exceptions to the rule. They're perfect little angels all the time. They're asleep. That's so true, though. I guess that as their father, best that I can do is help my babies become good adults, not just perfect in between. They say the years will fly, so we should savor this time. There's so much to savor these days. Before you know it, they're gone with little kids of their own grateful for the way they were raised so if we can help but keep them and killing them till then gosh then maybe we will have sweet revenge anybody when they have their own teenagers oh They say what comes around comes back to when your kids have their own teenagers. Oh, teenagers. Bless our hearts. <laughs> oh, man. So you guys can relate, right? I mean, okay, cool, cool. And if you're wondering about kids or having kids, that's all true. Buckle up, okay? It's going to be real for sure. But I thought it would be fun for us to acknowledge our teenagers and go, yes, there's one thing, there's one word that when it comes to kids, when it comes to teenagers, when it comes to people, when it comes to phases, there's one word that sums it all up. You ready to know what that word is? Complicated, right? It's very very complicated. And what would it look like if we were going from one phase to another? What would it look like if we had what I call sticky faith? Where we don't have to worry about if it's, if it's good or not. We, we know, we're, we're bought in, we're sold. What if there was evidence? Like for instance, I, I was trying to fix our refrigerator, a handle on our refrigerator the other day and what does a man do? Go out and get duct tape and super glue, right? I mean, that's what we do. So I was like, give me the strongest super glue there is. And the guy brings it up and it's like gorilla glue or whatever, you know. And he's like, this is not just regular gorilla. I mean, like, this is gorilla gorilla. I'm like, what jungle are you coming from? You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? He's like, just try it, you promise. So what he didn't tell me is don't get it on your hands. That's what he told me. For two, three weeks, man, it looked like I, my whole hand was peeling off. Like it was just, and it was, it would not, if I peel it off, the layers of skin would come off, right? And so I started thinking about that when I was doing this message. I'm like, what if we had faith that was so full of evidence that people were go like, I see, what, what's on you? It's Jesus. It's my relationship with Jesus. It, man, I've been trying to get this stuff off and he is so good that I, it just won't rub off. What if our community saw our faith like sticky glue? I don't know if you guys know this, but there's some 
really eye-opening stats about not just the next generation, but Christians as a whole. Now, if you're sitting in this room or you're watching online and you're not a believer, you're not a follower of Jesus, that's okay for this right here. What I'm, what I'm about to tell you is for the Christians. And if you are an unbeliever or you, you, haven't, uh, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I will say up front, it's the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. He is faithful all the way to the end. So I encourage you, if you're sitting in this room, I want you to ask some questions and then reevaluate at the end of this message. But my wife, she's brilliant at stats and things. And I, I was like, well, maybe there's some statistics about our faith being de- de- uh, deconstructed. You've probably heard of that, deconstructing faith. Like, what are statistics? And I was sickened by it, to be honest. Uh, for instance, they're finding that Christians that are attached to a church have had a major decline and turn of the 21st century. Like it's not just a church religious thing. Now it is a worldwide issue. Even the non-believers and the non-followers of Jesus are saying, see I told you, based off of the numbers of people leaving the church and leaving the faith. Um, For instance, over the past two decades, the percentage of Americans who do not identify with any religion has grown up to 21% over the past three years. Meaning it's went up 21% in the past three years. Here's one. Currently, 31% of millennials, 31% of millennials have no religious affiliation, which is up from 22% a decade ago. Similarly, 33% of the portion of Gen Z has reached adulthood, have no religious preference. Meaning, guys, it doesn't matter anymore, is what they're saying. What they're saying is, it's not good enough. What they're saying is, is I'm confused. What they're saying is, I need help without saying it. What they're saying is, is I wasn't led. I wasn't cared for. Uh, For instance, previous studies indicate that 40% to 50% of all youth group graduates fail to stick with their faith or connect with a faith community after high school. Let me put it in perspective. Do you remember all those students up here? Statistically, 40 to 50% of them will fall away from their faith in in a couple of weeks. That's not a pastor's ploy to get you to react. That is facts, scientifically, like people all over the globe are noticing something. That the faith that the Christians say is solid is falling away. My prayer is that we would wake up and not become a statistic. My prayer for our graduates and the the students that were standing up here, that you don't become a statistic. You go the opposite direction and you show them the truth. The truth is, is that Jesus has a sticky faith and he wants to attach it to you. 
What you're doing, a lot like me when I had super glue on my hands, I couldn't get it off. I took gasoline, I took all kinds of stuff and I was rubbing, trying my best to get it off, get it off. And what you're doing is you're saying, I don't want anything to do with this Jesus guy. I, I mean, I like the idea of him, but I don't really want him to be up in my business when I'm at college. I don't wanna, I wanna want him to be in my business when I'm at the workplace. I don't want him to be all up in my business because, and you fill in the blank. That's just like pouring gasoline, trying to rub him off. A lot of times, Christians, they, they really, I told you guys this before, I hate the word Christian because of what it's become. I always say I'm a follower of Jesus because that sets it straight of what I believe and what, who I'm for and my standards. Their standards are built on who Jesus is. So my challenge is when we see all these percentages and we see these stats, that we will not be a part of the stats. And if you are a parent or you are a neighbor, if you are somebody that is living, breathing in the community, you would help be the example to change those statistics. So today, real quick, I wanna give you four action steps that are biblically sound. Four action steps for when you go from one phase to the other. Some, I'm gonna go quick with them, but some of them wanna stay on for just a minute. Number one is this. Love Jesus more. Love Jesus more. You say, well, that sounds simple, Chase. It does until you leave these four walls, this brick and mortar. Love Jesus more. You have to start loving Jesus more than anything in life. This is easier when you're surrounded with people that see the same things as you. But when you are challenged on a daily basis out in your community, it's hard to love Jesus more in some situations. I'm just gonna be honest. That's called human flesh. I've been working with, with a guy here and all week long, and we have great conversations, and, and that's one of our conversations. Man, sometimes it's hard. Well, yeah, it is. I have talks with students all the time. We have talks about purity. We have talks about all kinds of things that they struggle with, and they go, it's easy when I'm here, when I'm on a camp high, when I've been around other people that do this. But when I go back to my schools and I get tempted with all this stuff, it's hard. And what I say is, I know you have to love Jesus more. Here, here's what I mean. You have to love Jesus more than your addictions. Do you hear me? You have to love Jesus more than your money. You have to love Jesus more than your academics. I'm not saying don't go to college, right? Like, don't walk out of here saying that because I know some of you will. See, mom, I told you, that's my pastor. He said don't go to college. Not what I'm saying. I'm saying, have you even talked to the man, God, Jesus himself, and said, what do you want me to do with my life? What major do you want me to major in? How will this impact your kingdom, God? Show me how you've wired me. Have you even done that? Or are you just concerned about the score? Because you can't take a score with you when you die. You can't take a class with you when you die. You have to love Jesus more than your academics. Love Jesus more than your sports, your political agendas. I could keep going with all this. All I'm trying to get you to do is put Jesus at the forefront of every thought and everything that you do. That sounds like a lot, Chase. I didn't make the rules. Check this out. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus replied. Who replied? Somebody tell me. 
Jesus. It wasn't some guy off the street. It wasn't just somebody who just happened to overhear something. No, it was Jesus who said this next thing. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You have to love Jesus more than your being. If you're ever gonna have sticky faith, you have to love Jesus more. Maybe this sounds outward focused. Let's bring it into the church a little bit, okay? How about this? If you can never imagine going to another church or listening to another pastor or growing in your relationship with Jesus without the safety net of the church, you're currently uh, thinking of it wrong. Your focus is wrong. Because we want you to love the church, We want you to love the pastor, yes, absolutely. We want you to love the things of the local church. It's biblical, like support the local church. Here's what we don't want you to do. We just don't want you to build your faith around that only. We want you to build your faith in Jesus, the one that holds your future. We want you to love the church, yes, but remember the conversation that we had about the the stats? If you tether your faith to a building, when you leave that building, whether it's a Sunday morning or whether it's a program that you go through, when you leave that building, it's probably gonna be that your faith is gonna fail and you're gonna call it deconstructing faith. And you're gonna be doing podcasts, you're gonna be doing all kinds of things, trying to figure out where you belong again. Because you never tethered your faith to Jesus. Let me say this. When you get to heaven, you're not gonna show up with your family posse (laughs) together and go, Lord, together we did this. Together we followed you. No. Individually, you go before the Lord. And he says, what did you do with my son? Did you accept him as your Lord and Savior? What did you do with him? You need to make sure that you have connection to to Jesus and you need to have a personal relationship. You don't need to have your parents' faith. Teenagers, listen to me. You don't have to have your family's faith. You have a faith. You have a walk with Jesus. You get to choose. You get to do that. Don't look to your your mom and dad for you to make Jesus decisions. You make Jesus decisions because you own that faith. You have to love Jesus more. Jesus in and of himself should be enough for you to follow. There's a, a pastor that we connect with called, his name is Andy Stanley at North Point Church in Atlanta. And he's awesome. And, and as a staff, we got to hear him make this statement and we've held on to this because it's amazing. Admirers of Jesus don't change the world. Followers do. Admirers of Jesus don't, fo- don't change the world. Followers do. Like anybody can believe in him. Anybody can admire, I like the idea of Jesus, that's great. But following means you have to actually put your pride down, get behind somebody and let them lead. You have to follow and follow them no matter what. Trust is involved. When you admire, trust isn't there. You just like the idea. That's why, like, if you say, oh, I'm a believer in Jesus, okay, that's, that's awesome. But do you follow him? He, he didn't say, hey, take up your cross and admire me. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Follow me. Matthew 16 says, and Jesus went to work on his disciples. I love how the message puts this. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. 
You're not the driver. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. And this way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self, what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? Are you an admirer of Jesus or are you a follower? I really want you to walk out of here with a decision. (laughs) Because the church is filled with a bunch of admirers of Jesus. But could you imagine what our world and our community would be if we actually followed him and did the things that he commanded us to? Because we have a relationship with him, because we have sticky faith, your faith will start to stick when you love Jesus. Number two, you ready? It's really simple, it's amazing. Pray for strangers. Pray for strangers. What do you mean by that? Okay, well, there's three words in, this, in, in the scriptures that I have a hard time necessarily thinking about. You ready? It's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. You, the three words, pray without ceasing. It, look, let's just say it, okay? I feel, I feel like I'm a pro-Christian, okay? Like, I'm serious. Like, I, I have a lot to pray for. I have a lot of people to pray for, Right? There comes a point when you read that and you say pray without ceasing, meaning pray all the time. I feel like I'm gonna run out of things to pray for, right? I do. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, yeah, I heard that before. It's like you were, you're at Los Amigos or at your local place, your favorite restaurant, and you've already eaten like half of your burrito. And then the, some of the pro-Christians that you're sitting with are like, yo, you forgot to pray. And you go, I pray without ceasing. You know you've said that. You know you have. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not, part, that's not how that works. Pray without ceasing. What does it mean to do that? Well, what if it wasn't as complicated as it sounds? Like, how about you could just say this? Hey, how can I pray for you today? Hey, can I, can I pray for you? What? I could never. You could if you had sticky faith. You could if if Jesus was already evident in your life. Yes, you could. Like, for instance, that one phrase could change someone else's life. Like, I want you to imagine this scenario. You ready? There's a 27-year-old woman. She's sitting up in her room at night at 3 a.m., and she's bawling. She's just exhausted from a long day on her feet at work. And then her 12-year-old boy comes in her room and says, hey, mom, I forgot to give you this, and and hands her a paper. He's failed two classes, and she had no idea. And then she's she's trying to get her baby in the bath, you know, and she's screaming like crazy, and she's just exhausted. She would ask her husband for help, but he's on the third deployment in the military, He's not around, she's helpless, she's broken, she's exhausted. She was your waitress at your favorite restaurant last night. Could you imagine if you saw her, if you said, hey, you're doing a great job. Like, can I pray for anything for you? Like, how can I pray for you? That would radically change her life. The world would say, you're a good human. (laughs) Really, you just have sticky faith. What story 
do you need to be a part of? Whose story do you need to be a part of? What would it look like for you to be a part of someone else's story? Just connecting them by prayer. Some of you probably have thought about somebody that you need to pray for. As soon as I started talking about it, you're like, yes, I need to pray for that. Or some of you are having a hard time with that. I would say look in front of you, look beside you. You don't have to know their needs. That's his job. Your job is just to be obedient. Pray for somebody today. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm praying for you. See, you can't even do it right now. (laughs) Come on, look to your neighbor and say, I'm praying for you. Oh, we're still quiet. Okay, this is church. Okay, all right. If we were at a baseball game, it's like beer in one hand and screaming in the other. In here, you're just like, I'm praying for you. Praying for you. Pray for strangers, you guys. Pray for strangers. Number three, be a participant, not a consumer. When you're moving from one phase to the other, be a participant, not a consumer. Consuming is easy. Participating requires work. And not all of us like work. But if you are going to claim to be a follower of Jesus, you gotta start participating. Stop trying to consume and just get and get and get. You see, Jesus did not call us to be easy or to, to do things easy. He invited us to participate in the movement across the world. In fact, he charged his disciples, the 12 dudes, 12, 13 dudes that followed him all the way, like he was, they were right there with him all the way through the crucifixion and beyond. He charged them with what we call the Great Commission. And it's simply this, Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. He was saying, don't just sit there, go. Don't just come into church and check it off. Do something outside that shows that I am in you and I want the best for my, my family, my kids. Do something. Go, create disciples just like I've done in you. Do that for someone else. Meaning, don't just admire me. Follow me. Follow me. You're gonna have to be a participant. I love how James puts this, James 1. He says, don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. Act on what you hear. We have been called to to participate in sharing the gospel. Will you join me in participating? Well, how do I do that? Well, internally, serve. You see students over here. We need small group leaders. We need people. Serve, be greeters. And I'll brag on my father-in-law. Holy cow, he's what they call Big Mike when you walk in. He's awesome. You know what it takes for you to humble yourself and go, you're right. I need to participate in the movement, not just consume what I want out of it. Consumers normally admire Jesus. Participants follow Jesus. They do. Are you an admirer? Are you a follower? Your faith will start to stick when you start participating and not consuming. Last one, number four. 
And this one may be something that all, all, all of us need to hear for sure. But you may be sitting there and you are not a believer. You're not a follower of Jesus. You, you haven't, but you, you are, you're in that phase, man. You, you are in desperate need of help. You are at rock bottom. This number four is for you. No matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter what your past looks like, you are unconditionally loved by God. God loves you unconditionally. There's no hidden agenda. There's no underlying catch. God loves you unconditionally. He does. I heard, um, I heard an, uh, this girl at a conference say, she's like, you know, God's idea wasn't for him to stay in a temple like the Old Testament says. No, God's big idea, his big, where it all completes everything was you. That's God's big idea. You complete God's big idea. Jesus came down, right? Jesus, God's only son, came down and died a brutal death, not so he could be like, yo, look what I did. No. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Meaning, you were the big idea. It wasn't even Jesus that was the big idea. Jesus was the one that came and suffered and died for you so you could be the big idea. God loves you unconditionally. And when you're in one phase and you're going to another, Satan really wants to mess with your mind and he wants to tell you, you're a nobody. You don't need, you don't belong. Your kids will never amount to anything because of who you are. I call bull on that. Because what I read in scripture says my God loves me so much that he would crucify his one and only son and he would be faithful all the way to the end for me and for you. God loves you unconditionally. He loves you with a love that we can't even comprehend. And if we're gonna have sticky faith, if we're gonna have sticky faith, then we're gonna carry that around all day long. Every single day, God loves me. Write it on your mirror, put it on a sticky note, put it wherever you need to see it. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Will you guys stand with me? Romans 8, 35 through 39. I, I have it in the notes, but I have it tattooed on my, on my arm here. Romans eight thirty seven in the middle of that. It says, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus. But surrounding that, it says, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There's no way. No trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not cold, uh, not bullying threats, not backstabbing. I mean, it just starts listing all these things. No angel, no demon, nothing can separate us from God's love. He loves you so much. And if you're gonna have sticky faith, 
adults, I'm talking to you. Teenagers talking to you. Grandparents talking to you. Chase, he's been talking to me. If we're going to have sticky faith, then we got to act on those four things at least. Love Jesus more. Pray for strangers. Be a participant, not a consumer. And carry around this amazing gift that God has given us, his unconditional love. You know, it reminds me, I have a three-year-old. Well, it should be a three next week, I think. <laughs> yeah, next week. Is that right? Next week. Yeah, okay, close. That's what she said. Okay. Um, three-year-old. And I'm driving down the road and on my way to, to, to work. And gosh, I try my best to tell my kids all the time, they're loved by God unconditionally. And I'm driving and I look, I just happen to look up in the rearview mirror and I see my little daughter in her car seat and her head's just tilted out and she's looking outside. And I, and I, feel, I feel God, I feel God. And I look up at her and I go, hey, Rollins, She looks up. I said, do you know that you're made in the image of God? You are beautiful. He loves you so much. And if you know, if you know Rollins, she processes everything and she sort of looks you up and down for a minute and is like, can I trust this person? You know? And so she has that face, right? Like, that's horrible. Teenager, I won't say that to her, but she has that face. Um, She has this, this face, you know, and I look at her and I go, no, Rollins, do you know? Like, you were made in the image of God and you are loved by God. She goes, and then looks around and I go, no, Rollins. Gosh, I feel, I feel the presence. Rollins, you are made in the image of God, baby. And I love you so much. And he does too. God, he loves you. And she looks up at me and she goes, Can I have your phone? (laughs) What? No, baby, no, 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 you missed it. You missed the point. No, no, no. You made in the image of God. And and then she goes, no, I want your phone. Like she's three-year-old, she's screaming. And the whole way to work, she's just screaming. And I realize that the reaction isn't the point. The reaction isn't the point. You say what they need to hear time over time over time, regardless of the reaction. Are you following me? Parents, please keep going. Keep moving the kingdom in your own family, regardless of their reaction. Regardless. I want to close. There's a book with... uh, by the name of Kara Powell called Sticky Faith. I encourage you to go get it. It's an amazing book. She's a trusted person, trusted author. She's amazing. Kara Powell is her name. But she says two, two quotes, and I want to sit, close with these. How you express and live out your faith may have a greater impact on your son and daughter than anything else. Than anything else. And then she says, Leave your child with Jesus. Stick with Jesus always and trust Jesus to always stick with you and your family. 
my challenge to you today, when it comes to parents, you're not the hero of the story. Jesus is. So leave your kids with Jesus. You be the example. You show them. You always show what it's like to have sticky faith. So they will have sticky faith. And then ultimately, you trust that Jesus has your back. You trust that nothing in this world can ever separate you from the love of Jesus. For those that are not parents, same goes for you. You're the example. When you meet somebody and you start praying for them and all of a sudden you have a relationship with them, leave them with Jesus and let the Spirit do the rest. Hmm. I hope this series has been helpful for you. That's what we, we hope, is that you would realize that time does matter and when you see how much time you have left, man, you start to value what you do with that time. I hope today was helpful for you. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you are a God that loves us unconditionally. God, I'm I'm thankful that you would send your son Jesus as the bridge to the big idea. Thank you for sacrificing your son and taking the sin of the world. Thank you. Jesus, I know in this room there's some hurting parents. Personally, I know that there's hurting people in this room. God, would you wrap your arms around them? Would you give them your warmth? Jesus, thank you so much for being a God that draws near when we draw near to you. Oh, Jesus, thank you. With every head bowed and eyes closed, eyes closed. I want to give an opportunity real quick just for anyone that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, whether you're watching online or you're here with us on campus. If that's you today and you want to start this journey with Jesus, will you just start by saying this prayer? This is how you do it. It's real simple. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Thank you for saving me. I admit I'm a sinner. But from this day forward, I call you Lord. Again, thank you for saving me. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at marathonchurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at marathonchurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.